Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I missed my cue this morning. Sorry about that. I was too busy talking to people. So, I, But I enjoy being here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for coming to worship with us this wonderful, brisk Sunday morning. It's a little chilly out there. I think winter's hit us full on. Um, but a happy Thanksgiving week. And uh, just a couple announcements to uh, really... Um, Really get us into the week. Don't forget we have a business meeting right after church today. Um, and then uh, there is no Wednesday evening services this week, but that is because we are hosting our community Thanksgiving service here tonight at 6.30. So we would love to have you for that. Come out. It's going to be, uh, was it four churches, three churches? Five churches. I was way off. Five churches here tonight, so uh, we'll have a. Uh, so we look forward to that. It's a good opportunity to fellowship with other people in our community. Um, um, don't forget, next Sunday is our hanging of the greens, and um, then after this week, we will pick back up on our Wednesday nights for our um, youth and children's play and all that good stuff. So keep that in mind. Uh, I don't really have any more announcements. I think Preacher Artie does. Joey does. Joey's always got something to say. So what I... Huh? Joey likes to talk. It's okay. So I'm going to turn it over to Joey, and then Joey's going to turn it over to Artie. So I hope you guys enjoy the service today. I wanted to thank everybody that came out Thursday night to the Lottie Moon Auction and Supper, and we had a great time, and you'll be happy to know we broke a record. For the auction, we made $5,425. And that, that's outside of paying for the food and everything that had to be bought. So I want to tell all of you thank you, and let's keep up the good work. And we can still learn more for Lottie Moon. If you didn't come to the auction, didn't participate, just be sure and give, because it goes to foreign missions. Thank you, and Artie, you have it now. Good morning. Uh, my one announcement, actually a couple announcements, but one is that uh, we have the opportunity to help with the Salvation Army again this year. We have been given the Wednesday, December 21st as the day that we will be, our church will be providing bell ringers at the Bowling Springs Ingles. We are uh, doing one-hour slots from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. that day. We do not have church that day because it is the week before Christmas, and we will have our Christmas Eve service that week, so we will not be having the Wednesday night service. So December 21st, if you are able and willing to help take at least one of those one-hour slots to ring the bell to raise money for Salvation Army, if you could see me so we could get that filled up, um, Chad and I usually wear some kind of costume out there and, and I got there last year and Chad was dancing around looking like a Keebler elf or something. I don't know what he was supposed to be, but he, he was wearing some sort of costume dancing around and people were just walking around staring at him and, uh, they were given. So, uh, just, if you're able to help with that, please see me also over the next several weeks, we will be, you'll be seeing on the announcements in the bulletin, 
things about our our uh, holiday schedule for Christmas. We are pretty much from here on out are going nonstop with different activities. One thing I will let you know that on December 18th, we will, after the morning service, have our Christmas fellowship like we did last year. This is a whatever you bring is what we eat. It is potluck. And so we're asking you guys to start preparing for that, to, to bring your favorite dish, your favorite Christmas dessert, and come ready to have a, a, a fellowship with your church family after the morning service that morning on December 18th. So we look forward to that. Um, also, uh, in manner of prayer requests, I was let, told this morning that um, Eunice's sister fell yesterday. Thursday night, she fell Thursday night and broke three bones in her neck. So please remember to pray for her. Also, uh, the wife, Joanna Runyon, the wife of, of Beaver Dam's pastor, Tom Runyon, has been diagnosed with, uh, I believe, ovarian cancer. So be, please be in prayer for them. He was going to be our speaker tonight for our Thanksgiving service but uh, will not be speaking. Um, Buddy Moorhead, the pastor at Lattimore Baptist, will be speaking in his stead. So please pray for Tom and Joanna and, and those at Beaver Dam as they are facing this together. Also, today marks the first Sunday for the women's uh, jail ministry at the courthouse. And Joe, you going with her? Okay. So Joe and Jackie will be going to the courthouse, to the jail there at the courthouse and ministering to them as well as there's a couple of other churches that will be joining them today. But pray for this. This is the, they opened it back up after COVID and then they had another outbreak of COVID and they shut it back down. So this is the first opportunity we've had to be back since they've opened it back up. And um, it is a great opportunity. I know one of the last times I was able to go um, with Joe to the annex there was a, a man, the first words out of his mouth was, I have been waiting since Thursday for you guys to get here. I want to get saved now. And um, it, was a great, it was a great way to end that before COVID hit. Was, was, he was ready. He, had been, um, he was in the Bible study that happened Thursday night, and he had been reading over that Bible study material. And by the time I got there, the Holy Spirit had been working and he was ready to accept Jesus Christ. It was sort of like that Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. He says, how do I know this without somebody explaining? And when Philip explained it to him, he knew exactly what he needed to do. So this same thing. So please pray for them today that they will be able to minister to those that are in the jail, regardless of the reason they're there, that uh, the Holy Spirit will move and people will come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. So, uh, but at this time, if you'd please join me as we begin our worship service together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Dear Lord, we are humbled by what you do for us every day. For the opportunities that you lay before us. By the fact that out of all the ways that you could do things, you, could, you have spoke this world into existence. That you don't need us to accomplish anything, but you choose to use us. And we are humbled by that. And dear Lord, we thank you for that.
Dear Lord, you have heard these requests that I've made this morning. There's so many more that were not mentioned today. But dear Lord, only you can move. Only you can work in each and every one of these situations. We ask that your spirit goes before this team that's going to minister today at the jail. That your spirit prepares a way for them. Dear Lord, that your spirit fills the place where Eunice's sister is and with her, the broken bones in her neck. That you be with the Runyons today. Dear Lord, I know that there are so many others that are dealing with cancer or upcoming tests. Dear Lord, I just ask that you have your way. Just fill them with your presence. And today, as we have come to worship you, that you fill this place, that you move among your people, that you open our ears and our hearts and our minds so that we may receive and understand your word today. Speak through Chad, speak through the choir, speak through me today, so that when we leave this place, we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have been in the presence of God. And that when we leave this place, we will be different because of that, because of being in your presence. And that wherever we go, people will see it on our face that we have been with God. Have your way with us this morning. And we give you all the honor and praise for it all. And it's in the precious name of our living Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing hymn number 636? We'll sing the first and the third verses of We Gather Together. Then we will have our worship time of giving our gifts and our offerings and our tithes. 636.
Let us pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for our many gifts that you have blessed us with. We give now a small portion back to you and ask you to bless this offering. For it is your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing hymn number 637, and we will sing the first and last verses, 637. Come, ye thankful people, come. Come, ye thankful people, come. Raise the song of harvest home. All is safely gathered in. In the winter storms begin. God, our maker, doth provide for our wants to be supplied. Come to God's own terrible come. Raise the song of harvest home. Even so, Lord, quickly come. To thy final harvest home. sin, and forever purified, in thy presence to abide, come with all thine angels come, raise the glorious harvest home. Thank you. This morning for our Thanksgiving this on this morning for our Thanksgiving testimony I have asked Thomas my buddy Thomas if he would mind sharing with us what he is thankful for this morning so Thomas can you share with us what you're thankful for Yes Okay what are you thankful for My family Your family anything else Yes What uh, Kaylin's. Who? Kaylin's. Oh, Caroling? Kaylin's. Oh, Carowinds. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that are thankful for Carowinds, but you really like going, don't you? Yeah. Okay. What are you, what about, are you thankful for anything else? What about the people in around here? Look behind you. You know all these people back there? You like those people? What are you, so what are you thankful for? You. M me? Well, thank you, Thomas. I'm thankful for you, too. And, and anything else? Everybody. Everybody. Well, thank you, Thomas, for sharing with us what you're thankful for. And I'm going to tell you, on behalf of your church family, we're thankful for you, too, because we love you. If you don't know Thomas, all you have to do is talk to him. And Thomas will be your lifelong friend. And Thomas will come. In fact, when we get together, I swear I think he's running for office, for politics, because he will take his chair and he will move it with, to everybody. And you will talk to everybody there that will talk to you, won't you? And, you know, that is an incredible example for all of us adults. Doesn't matter who you are, but we as God's children need to talk. We need to share and we need to love everybody just like Thomas does. 
and I'm happy that you're my friend, Thomas, and I th I'm thankful for you. Okay, thank you. and youth gave us in one word things that they were thankful for so as the choir is singing they are going to share those with you uh, especially during covid we realized there were certain people that we were thankful for that we realized we had been taken advantage of we um we realized how thankful we were for them so these um that the youth and children are going to say are from their mouth.
you choir. You know, again, it amazes me how God works things out because uh, Sandra already had the choir practicing that song and had an idea of what she was wanting to do for our, our choral special today before I even sent my <coughs> notes to her. And I had no idea what she was planning until uh, this past week, Wednesday night, when she was in here working with the children and, and youth doing that. But uh, <clears throat> I wanted to take this opportunity to share my Thanksgiving testimony. So the title of, this, of the message, A Pastor's Thankfulness. But I want us to look at an incredible example of a pastor's thankfulness in the New Testament. So if you turn to Philippians chapter 1, we're actually going to look at the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. Now, Philippi was a city, and it was not an easy city to minister to. In fact, it was one of the first cities that Paul went to in Europe on his missionary journey, and he went to Philippi on his second missionary journey. And, and so he's writing this letter to this church that was developed there in, in Philippi, so I want us to look, we're going to look at verses 3 through 6 and how Paul begins this letter. So if you'd stand and first, or Philippians 1, verses 3 through 6 says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy and my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you once again, thanking you for what we see Paul writing in this letter. And not only for when it was written, but how pertinent it is to me as a pastor today. Speak through me today, and it's in the name of the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So the first thing that I want us to look at is thankful to God every time I think of you. And look at what Paul writes again here in verse 3. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. When Paul was writing this letter, he was remembering everything. See, as Paul's custom, as he went into a city that, or a town or anything, that the first place he would go is he would seek out the synagogue and those Jews that were gathering together to worship God. And he would be, as a visiting uh, rabbi or a visiting teacher, he would be allowed to speak and given a chance to speak. And he would start sharing and explain to them not only the law, but how Jesus fulfilled the law. And he completed the law. And he would begin to, um, to, to share with them and, and, and lead these Jewish people to Christ. Well, in Philippi, Philippi was not a very nice city. It was very corrupt. It was very uh, immoral. 
there was a lot of things going on in the city of Philippi that went totally against God. In fact, they had a very small Jewish population, so they didn't even have a synagogue. So as Paul went into Philippi, he literally had to go outside of the city to the, to, to the river bank or to the creek banks where they had gathered together. This small band of Jews had gathered together to worship there instead of worshiping in a synagogue. And so it's out of this group of these small Jews that we have the very first convert to Christianity in Europe. And it's a lady by the name of Lydia. And Lydia was rich. She was a merchant of fine linen, a seller of purple, which was very expensive. So she was rich. She had the means to take care of herself. And she invited Paul and Silas to come stay with her and, for her, and to be guests in her house. So he did. But it's also at this place in Philippi. So when he's thinking of this, I'm sure he's thinking about Lydia. That Lydia is part of this church that Paul is writing this letter to. And he's thinking about how she was the very first one to accept Jesus Christ in the city. And that because of her, that this church grew. But I'm also sure that he's thinking about someone else as he and Silas were going around preaching. There was this slave girl that was following them around and, and calling after them and saying all kinds of things. And, and she was possessed by a devil or by a demon. And Paul turned around to her and cast the demon out. And the owner of that slave girl caused a big ruckus and was going after them because he cost, they cost him money. And he literally said that. They are costing me money because they have taken away this girl's gift and I can no longer make money out from her. And they were beaten. They were arrested. They were thrown in jail. In fact, they were put into the deepest part of the jail and they were chained together. And the guard or the, 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 the jailer was charged with if they, anything happened to them, if they got loose or escaped, that he would receive the punishment that was being reserved for them. So being a Roman citizen, that, means, that meant, or a Roman jail, that meant that if they escaped, he would be put to death. So in, here they are chained together, and early in the morning... They are singing. It said, scripture literally says this, that they are singing hymns to God. And all the prisoners around them were listening to them. And an earthquake came. And it shook the very foundation of the jail. That the doors flew open. The chains were loose. And when that happened, the jailer comes running in and goes into the deepest part of the jail and sees the chains off sees the chains just laying there, sees the door standing wide open, and he begins to kill himself. And Paul yells out, don't harm yourself, for we are still here. Not just Paul and Silas, but all the prisoners are still there. And immediately, the jailer fell down on his knees asking Paul what he needed to do to accept Jesus. 
And Paul went with him. And the same thing happened with him as it did with Lydia. It says that when Lydia accepted Christ, she went back home and her entire household followed Jesus. This Philippian jailer took Paul and Silas to his house and his entire house accepted Christ. So as he is writing this letter, I'm sure that he is thinking that. That every time he thinks of them, that he is remembering them and he thanks God for them because of the impact that they had on his ministry there being the first converts to Christianity there in the town of Philippi or the city of Philippi. And an entire church grew out of them. I have to tell you this. That you guys are my family. You are my church family. And I am so thankful for God that He gave you to me. That you guys were willing to follow God and, and, and follow His leading and taking a chance on a youth pastor to be your pastor. When I was called here as youth pastor, I never in a million years would think that I would become pastor of a church, let alone pastor of this church. It was nowhere on the radar. But God had different plans. He had different plans for me. He had different plans for the church. And I am so thankful for you guys. I am so thankful. Just like Paul, every time I remember you, every time I think about you, I am so thankful. And I thank God always because of this church. Because this church proved to me that a broken person can come together with other broken people and God can use us. And I'm going to tell you from the get-go, you got a messed up preacher. But that's okay because all y'all messed up too. Let's face it. There's not one of us that's got it all together. But we serve a God that does. And we got a God that will take broken pieces and put them together and make a masterpiece out of them. That's the God we serve, and I am so thankful that you guys see that and recognize that. Then look at what Paul says. He says, I am thankfully praying with joy for all of you. Philippians 1.4, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Now think about this. Sometimes when we pray, we make it a list of things that we need to ask for. And we look at prayer sometimes as begrudgingly being something that we have to do. But I'm going to tell you something. What we're going through in my personal life right now with my wife going to school full time and working full time, I don't get to see her a lot. In fact, many days are like they, are, they were yesterday and today. She kisses me goodbye to go to work, and I'm still asleep. Last night, I was asleep when she got home. 
And she woke me up this morning to tell me bye when she left. So when I get to talk to her, I am so excited about getting to talk to her and tell her about what's going on in the day and to find out what's happening with her and her day. I miss not being able to talk to her. And I am so happy and my heart feels so, so like it's going to explode when I get to talk to her because I miss my wife. And I'm going to tell you that come this coming May, if you hear a shout that is so loud, it's because she's finally done with school and she's graduated. And you'll probably hear another, a couple more shouts that are a little bit less enthusiastic, but it's just as loud. Be, they're coming from my kids because their mom's done with school. Church, that's the way we need to pray to God. That we cannot wait to talk to Him. That we're so excited and thrilled about the, the thing that we get to talk to Him about. And guys, what Paul is saying here is that when he talks to God and he prays for these people of this church, that he's doing it because he remembers them and he is so filled with love and that he's just so excited about what God is doing and he wants to talk to God. Church, that's the way I am with you guys. It is such an honor to to have church members that will come and say, hey, can you pray with me for this? Can you pray with this? Hey, I... Can you pray about this? Hey, I prayed for you. Miss B was great. You know, and I miss Miss B. But I can't tell you how many times I got a phone call from Miss B and she would say one short sentence and then she'd hang up before I got to respond. I want you to know somebody talked to Jesus about you today. Click. That was when Miss B said what she had to say and when she was done, she was done. There was no buy. There was no lot. I mean, she wasn't. Hey, Artie, how are you doing? It was just, hey, I just wanted you to know somebody praying for you today. Click. That little thing meant more to me because there was somebody praying for me. And I know that I am being prayed for. And I pray for you guys the same way because you guys mean the world to me. And I am so happy to be able to go to God and pray for you. And I am thankful for that opportunity just as Paul was with this church in Philippi. And then the third, the third thing is thankful for your continued support and participation in the ministry of the gospel. Verse 5, and, view, and why, this is what makes Paul so, be able to pray and joy and remember them, is in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Listen. You guys are participants. You are participating and supporting my ministry here. You are participating in the ministry of the gospel. Because even though we got together Thursday night and we had a great meal and we had fun laughing, I'm going to tell you something. Watching the Mullinaxes try to outbid each other was hilarious. And what was even more hilarious is the fact that Michaela was against all three of the other members of her family. 
they were ganging up at that one table and they were outbidding Michaela. And, and it, was, it was hilarious. And then even Rick and Eileen. Let me tell you, Eileen outbid herself one time. We had a great time, but why were we doing that? Was it just to get a jar full of candy or something to hang on your wild? No. It was to further the ministry of the Gospel. We did break a record. But that one night alone, we collected over $5,400 for foreign missions to send to Lottie Moon to further the Gospel. When we get together, when we, we had our, our, our trunk or treat, we didn't have a whole lot of cars out there, but the ones that were there were there 100%. And they were participating, talking to people, inviting them to church. Listen. You know, our Baptist men have been doing some work over at Joyce House helping her fix her, her deck. And they were out there yesterday and there were a, a few young ladies from another church came by. And Lisa, Lisa Murray, right? Was talking to them. You know what Lisa did? Lisa Murray invited them to church here. They were out there inviting people to her, other, her, their church. So Lisa said, hey, you're welcome to come visit with us too. Come on. Participating in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Participating in my ministry. Listen, my ministry here is to, to lead and disciple. And you guys are participating in that. You are giving me the, the, the ability to do, the, do that. Listen, I've been in churches. This is not the only church I've served at. This is the only church I've been a pastor, but it's not the only church I've served at. And I have sat in meetings. And I have seen what goes on. And I have heard the deacons tell the preacher what he could and could not preach. Now, it's a male, it's a veiled thing. It's like... It's like well, I don't want to ever be accused to hear, to, of telling a preacher what he could preach, but... And then they would proceed to tell him what they could and couldn't preach. And I'm going to tell you right here, standing here, that has never happened to me. I have never been told by anybody in this church what I can and can't preach. You are giving me the freedom to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and to preach what God is telling me to preach. And I am so thankful for that. That is participating in the ministry of the Gospel by allowing me to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for that. And then fourth, Paul was thankful for God's promise to complete the work in, in, in the people of Philippi. Verse 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that He began a good work in you, will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul was reminding the people of, of the church of Philippi 
that God wasn't done with them yet. And he was so thankful for the promise of God that he, whatever he started, he would complete. You see, God never leaves a promise undone. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. He promised Abraham that he would be the father of the great nation. And he went how many years without even having a child? He even tried to do it himself and get a child. God said, that's not the way it's going to happen. He fulfilled that promise. He promised Adam that his seed would defeat Satan once and for all. And saying that the seed of the serpent would bruise the heel of his seed, but his seed would crush the head of the serpent, defeating him once and for all. How many years went by before the birth of Jesus, fulfilling that promise? Doesn't matter how long it takes, God is always faithful. And from Lydia and her household to the Philippian jailer and his household, that that work that God started in them at the day of salvation, He is faithful and He will see that work done on the day of Jesus Christ. And church, I am telling you this, that God is not done with us yet. For what He started on the day of our salvation, and all of us have a different day, all of us have a different time that we accepted Christ as our Savior. But all of us, every single one of us, our salvation is going to be made complete. And that's not going to happen until we're standing face to face with our Lord and Savior. It's either the moment we close our eyes in death or He comes back and gets us. But at some point, the work that He began in us is going to come to completion when we're standing face to face with Jesus. And church, our work here, our work as a church Regardless of who is standing in this pulpit, our work as a church is not done until Jesus comes and takes us home. And He is faithful that He will see whatever He started with us. So am I worried about our church shutting the doors? No. I'm not. Because God has proved to us time and time again He's not done with us yet. Are we going to have to change the way we do things? Possibly. But one thing's not going to change is that we're going to trust Him to provide. Because little is great when God is in it. It doesn't matter how much we have. If we do it for Him and we give it to Him, He's going to multiply it. And He's going to be faithful. And I am so thankful for the promises of God and be able to stand here and tell you God is not done with us yet. And He won't be done with us until Jesus is standing before us.
So I am thankful as a pastor that he called me to Crestview Baptist Church. I am thankful for you as a church that you listen to God and calling me here as pastor. I am thankful for the opportunity to pray for you. I am thankful for the participation in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am thankful for the promise of God that will see all of that to completion. Now church, as we get ready to to celebrate the day of Thanksgiving, we need to remember that our thankfulness is not confined to one day a year. That we as, as children of God need to be thankful to Him every day of the year. That we need to follow Him. We need to shout from the rooftops and tell everybody what God has done for us. We need to let people know that we serve a mighty God. And as we sing this song, I ask you, what is God telling you? What is He leading you to do? Do you need to know Him as your personal Savior? Please come talk to me. Come up here. We will... We will get that nailed down so when you leave here, you know that you are a child of the King. If you're looking for a church home and you want to become part of this fellowship, come up here. We would love to have you join with us and become part of our church family. If there is something that you need to get taken care of with somebody else sitting in this congregation, go get that taken care of. Don't let anything separate you from what God's wanting to do. This is the invitation. What is it God's telling you to do? Please follow Him today. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation? Page 644, Count Your Blessings, 644. When upon life's pillows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged and good all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has. Blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Count your many Many blessings every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. 
your blessings, sing them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God had done. Count your blessings, sing them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Thank you for being here. Don't forget. We are hosting four other churches. So five churches will be together tonight to, to celebrate Thanksgiving and our Thanksgiving service tonight at 6.30. As the host church, I ask that all of you come and make a, a, a good showing as host that uh, we will be able to host this again. Um, our speaker, Tom Runyon from, Baptist, uh, from Beaverdam Baptist, will not be speaking tonight. Please pray for him and Joanna um, as her just finding out that she does have cancer. Um, but Buddy Moorhead, the pastor at Lattimore Baptist, will be speaking for us tonight. So we uh, ask that you come to that 630. And then no services Wednesday. That means no choir practice or anything Wednesday night. Uh, and enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. And, and, but don't forget... Tell people what you're thankful for. Don't just let them assume that you're thankful. Shout it from the mountaintops. And I'm going to ask Whitey if, if he would come dismiss our service. But after he does, Jim will come and open us up as our business meeting um, before we leave today. So thank you. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day you've given us to come to your house and worship you, Lord. Lord, you've heard the, the message to the Lord today that's been brought to us. We ask you, Lord, that you would just apply it to our lives, that we'll be able to shine the light. Thank you, Lord, for just coming to the earth to die as a baby, I mean, to be born as a baby and die on the cross, and more importantly, be raised again, that we have eternal life for you. I thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, forgive us for our sins, we're filled you. Jesus Christ, name I pray. Amen. <laughs>